Okay, here we go. Week eight in the NFL. We're back again for another Dan and Joe fantasy show. Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening. Uh, we really enjoyed, I think, uh, doing these. Uh, you know, uh, some weeks we've really hit it. Some weeks have not been so good, kind of like last week. We didn't quite uh, hit the mark, but uh, it's been a lot of fun. We're going to keep going, and we still have several football games, several weeks uh, to get to we're trying to get that championship in fantasy that we're all chasing here so uh, we've only got six games left before the fantasy playoffs typically if you are in mostly where we throw out week 17 so um, yeah there's not a whole lot of time left really if you're trying to make that playoff push it's really kind of now you have to it has to start now basically unless you're already in one five and two and pretty so um we will do it again here this week uh, we'll give our picks and we've also got a, a little different segment as it's kind of time to make that playoff push if you've got a little bit of depth maybe time to start looking around for some trades it's definitely trading season trade deadline is coming up uh, not only in the nfl but for a lot of fantasy leagues i know the trade deadlines are coming up so it's about that time i think where you can consider Moving some of your depth to uh, improve your starting lineup, which is usually, which is always the goal, uh, making a trade. Um, but before you know, before we get into all of that, there were some trades in the NFL, and uh, that we wanted to talk about here a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, the couple big ones with uh, receivers, and uh, one of them being uh, Manuel Sanders off to San Francisco. Yeah, uh, Manuel Sanders goes to San Francisco. Um, a huge move for for them and for that offense. Um, finally acquiring a um, a legit wide receiver um, to go into that offense. I know it's a uh, it's a real heavy rush offense, but uh, mainly because they don't have a whole lot to throw to outside of George Kittle. Um, and now they finally receive somebody uh, and and get a guy um, motivated, really motivated here. I think Manuel Sanders um, going to be a huge upgrade for them and for his value. I think um, uh, just because it's going to be a better offense, they're going to be moving the ball a lot more, and Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a focal point in that offense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to guess, really, for me anyway. It, it, I think it's going to come down to are they going to scheme the ball to him? And if they do, then this will be a great move for him. Um, they have not done that with anyone, and maybe now Kyle Shanahan feels like he's got a guy that he can do that. You know, basically it's been, so far, it's been George Kittle, and then they've rotated a whole list of other guys in there, um, and none of them have been pr- productive in fantasy. So if, and you would think, you would think that be would be the case since they just gave up draft capital for him, that, He's going to play a ton of snaps, and you know they're going to they're going to get him the ball. So if that if that's the case, then um, I think this is a good move for him. He was he was you know produced wide receiver. I'd have to look exactly. I don't have that in front of me. Uh, I think right he was now. like twenty eight. Yeah, wide receiver twenty eight. So I don't know. You know, I don't know how much better that's going to be. Um, but I would, I would think if they are going to get him the ball out there, that that will improve a little bit and he'll probably, he could get in. I could see him definitely get into wide receiver two range. 
Oh, I think he definitely gets in the wide receiver two range. Um, I mean, he's he's pretty much right there now, but um, I think he's going to move up a little bit here in his value, and because uh, I'll get into more of it later. Because um, in the in the in our trade segment, um, his name is probably going to pop up on one of my on one of my spots. Um, but I'll, I'll get into more of why I think it's a good deal later in the show here. Uh, and um, so yeah. Uh, that that was one of the big big news points there. One of the big trades. The other one, uh, Mohamed Sanu off to the Patriots, um, and kind of along with that, there's two kind of two things there. Uh, Josh Gordon is on IR, so let's start with Mohamed Sanu, and um, specifically how that affects value. He was you know solid but not great in Atlanta. Um, I don't see how it's a bad move for him. I don't think there's any way he gets worse in fantasy. I would be, I would be surprised um, because obviously Josh Gordon's not there now. They have no one at tight end, and you know I, I'm not banking on Gronkowski coming back at this point. So the tight end is a complete zero for them. So Sanu should at least be what he was in Atlanta, and probably even more than that. He he's probably he's been a wide receiver three, and I think he's going to continue to be that. You know, I wouldn't say he's got a ton of upside. You know, it's not like I could see him bursting into wide one or something. But again, another guy that could maybe push for low end too, because I, I think this is a good move for Sanu's value. Yeah, I'm kind of less um, excited about this than than Emmanuel Sanders, just because of um, I know Josh Gordon's on IR and he's done for the year and he's done wearing a Patriot uniform. It looks like, um, but like you said, they're probably going to go through a lot more three wide receiver sets here. Um, cause no tight end, like you said, no Gronk's not coming back. Um, but they just feed the ball to James White and Julian Edelman so much that I think there's going to be some value to Sanu, but like you said, I don't think it's, um, going up, you know, at all. And in, in the case where Manuel Sanders, I think there's an opportunity to go up, but, um, I think you're going to get what you've been getting with Sanu. I would be a little – honestly, I would be a little nervous if I had James White at this point because Rex Burkhead's probably coming back at some point. We don't really know how – you would think that would be soon. He's been out forever. Uh, But now they have Sanu. Um, A lot of those guys are somewhat similar in that they're kind of slot, short-range guys. They always have Edelman there. Um, But, you know, on the the other side there, with Josh Gordon being gone, I mean, Philip Dorsett is – threat and that's he's really the only one I mean Jacoby Myers a little bit but the one that they've consistently used for down the field throws been Philip Dorsett um, and so I think this also benefits him because Sanu's not a downfield guy I it would be totally unexpected if that started to be the case you know with him in, in New England so uh, you know I, it, this you know series of roster moves for the Patriots here I think is also positive for Philip Dorsett yeah, um, it's just going to be like I said. There's just a lot of mouths to feed there in New England, and and like you said, with Rex Burkhead coming back, you know that's another pass catcher. You know, so uh, I'm just less excited about this trade than than you know for, for fantasy purposes for than Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't get too super excited for one of them for me. Um, I just don't know. It's just hard for me to say that the 49ers are going to start throwing 
you know, eight, ten passes a game to Emmanuel Sanders. They haven't – they don't even do that really with George Kittle because um, they run the ball all the time. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I, I think both these moves are good for these players, um, but it remains to be seen how much. Um, for Josh Gordon, I, he, he, the, the rumor is that they're going to – that they're going to cut him off of IR uh, and he's going to be free to sign with anyone. So I think especially if you have an IR spot, uh, I would hold him uh, because the speculation is that he's not going to be out the full eight weeks because he's on IR. Um, So I I would hold him if you, if you can, unless you've already got someone stashed in your IR that you like better. Um, But if not stash Josh Gordon in your IR spot and see if he lands on his feet somewhere else. Yeah, and the, the tricky thing here with Josh Gordon is where I was reading um, if the Patriots cut him before or after Wednesday is going to be the deal. Because oh, if right. it's before Wednesday, he can sign with anybody. But if it's after right. Wednesday, Probably he's Mike. going to Miami. And yeah. What's going to happen there? Absolutely nothing. So, um, But still, hold on to him for now until we get some more clarity on what's going to happen. Because when he's on the field, he has value. It's just right. if he's, but he he probably won't have a whole lot of value if he's down in Miami. And even 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 if he's not cut before that Wednesday deadline, I would still hold and wait and see because maybe Miami doesn't claim him. Um, unless you're just in a roster crunch, uh, if you've got the space, if you got an I open IR spot, slap him in there and and you know see what happens. You don't really have anything to lose as long as you have an IR spot. If you don't have an IR spot, it gets a lot tougher um, because you can roster. It's you're choosing between a healthy player or Jack Gordon. Um, so in that case, if you don't have an IR spot, I think you're. I think you could feel okay cutting him if he's not cut by that Wednesday. I would hold him right now unless you really need a spot for Sunday. Um, if you don't, um, I think you can hold him, and then if he is cut. You know, maybe or if he's not cut before that Wednesday deadline, maybe maybe you can't. You know, you probably can cut him at that point because you can roster a player in place of him. So it's a little bit different depending on how your bench works. But uh, uh, other than that, um, you know, uh, not a whole lot of major news really. Some of it we will touch on as we get into our picks. Um, so I think we can go ahead and take a look here. Uh, how we did on our picks last week, and unfortunately, it was not two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, we uh, didn't back up that performance from two weeks ago. <laughs> the fades are a doozy, so we'll get to those. We'll go down the list here. Uh, must starts. Uh, we both were pretty much one, one for two in in those. Uh, Joe, you had Daniel Jones and John Brown. Uh, John Brown definitely panned out. Daniel Jones, not so much. Uh, and I had Michael Gallup who um, didn't really – didn't come through. He only had 6.4 in PPR. And then Josh Allen, who did, although I'll say um, he had 25 if he scored six points for quarterbacks uh, on touchdowns. Uh, otherwise, he would have had, uh, what, 21. So, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think he – we were hoping for more there, Josh Allen, but at least it, he didn't let you down. Uh, yeah, I, th- I mean – Miami put up a good fight there for a half. I mean, that was really, I mean, unexpected. Obviously, we weren't expecting that. I don't think a lot of people were expecting that. But it seems like the last couple of weeks here, Miami has been putting up 
a little bit of a fight, at least for the first half of football. But right, they're, then they're... reality sets in in the second half, and then some of these guys can eat. Unlike the first, you know, the first part of the season where Miami was just getting trounced for sixty minutes. Right now, it seems like Miami's putting up a little bit of a fight here, and it's really making us, you know, double think about just throwing everybody in the lineup against against Miami. I mean, they're still putting out quality days. They're just not putting out number one overall days. Yeah, yeah they they have they you know they haven't been losing forty three zero or fifty five ten things like that. You know they've been they've been losing in more of a professional fashion. I would say you know where they they're pretty much getting blown out, but it's more of a kind of expected blowout rather than what they are getting at the beginning of the year, which is forty you know forty point loss. Yeah. Uh, and and I think what killed John or you know what reduced his fantasy day was they made it into the red zone several times where we were kicking field goals rather than him getting rushing scores, which was kind of what we were hoping for there. But uh, yeah, um, John Brown did have a nice day. Daniel Jones surprisingly against Arizona's pass defense was mostly shut down. That was kind of that was surprising. Yep. Um, so, uh, but uh, in the next category, our good options. Um, I Dorsett was a good call. He had the touchdown, finished with 13.6 points in PPR. Um, Joe Mixon again did nothing. He he literally set a with the touchdown. Other than that, he did absolutely nothing. He had six points for the touchdown. He finished with 7.4. Yeah, you take away the touchdown catch from last week, and he just drops a I mean, almost a goose. Like, yeah, literally a goose egg. Yeah, you don't want to go really go anywhere near that backfield right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get I'll get we'll get to Joe here in a little bit, but yeah, Ooh. I mean we're unbelievable, just brutal. Yeah, we did not do very good in this category at all. Um, I mean, other than for, uh, Philip Dorsett, um, Frank Gore, um, not a very good day. I mean, like we we were plugging every Buffalo Bill we could because against that Miami defense, but um, did not pan out very well. And Matt Breida, um, not a good day, but nobody in that game had a good day because that was they played in the monsoon. And um, if I would have known, if I was a weatherman and knew it was going to rain like that, um, I probably would have rescinded my Matt Breida call. Yeah, that one game was uh, waterlogged. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> really, nine zero in two <laughs> football. Wow, this is brutal. I mean that I read I read a stat that uh, the both since Bill Callahan has taken over uh, for the Redskins, both of those games have been under three hours because they're running the ball constantly. They're just t- totally taking the air out of it, um, and you know they're still terrible and they're losing games. But uh, you know that's part of what is limiting uh, the other side when when there are as many plays on the football field there's not as many opportunities and that got a lot of the san francisco guys on top of the weather uh so there yeah no one had a good day yeah i i seen that tweet um last week's game with with the niners and washington was two hours and 36 minutes and then the game (laughs) last night on thursday night football um minnesota and washington that game was like done early early and it was only it was two hours and 41 minutes so yeah washington is trying to get these games done and over with so they get to the next so we can get to next year <laughs> they're done with this season <laughs> yeah they're they're trying to yeah they're running out the clock not on games they're running out the clock on on the year is what they're trying to do <laughs> yeah they're wanting that 
the countdown to start immediately. Yeah, they wanted to get to draft day. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the dart throws, we really didn't have any good ones here. Uh, I had Dante Pettis, which was a complete zero. Uh, and I did start him. So, I, I, <laughs> I met- We did. I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> I took my medicine on that one. That was he, brutal. He made the call and he backed it up and that was a zero. <laughs> complete. I'm going to take a bold uh, guess here and say Dante Pettis probably never makes our lineup again. Uh, but you never know you never say never in fantasy football never say never it's true uh my other call daryl henderson he didn't pan out from a fantasy standpoint he only had 4.9 but i will say this it did go like i predicted and todd Gurley only played he played his half count of the year i believe it was he only had about 60 i think it was 63 65 percent of the snaps so uh they did limit todd Gurley but it did not translate into Daryl Henderson a solid fantasy day. So, uh, you know, I was right in the sense, not uh, didn't, didn't have the result that we were hoping for. In that yeah. One. And Wendell Smallwood, 5.1, Darius Slayton, 4.8. I mean, Daniel Jones didn't have a very good day. So that correlates to D- uh, Darius Slayton. So, uh, my dark my dark yeah. throws uh, were not very good either. I mean, at least you got some production if you were um, starting either one of those guys, um, but not the not neither one of them scored a touchdown, which is what you're really looking for in a dart throw. Yep, trying to get that touchdown. Yeah. And fades is where we really <laughs> <laughs> we really got this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had. Uh, my first and my my real old call here was uh sony michelle and again though he's <laughs> yards per carry he didn't have an effective day running the football he fell into the end zone three and so he has 22.4 points but you know at the end of the day the points are points and that was a bad whiff uh whiff of a call my other out in tate uh he had 9.5 uh that's basically a miss. If you get double digit points, you're, you know, you had a decent day. Uh, so not great there. Wasn't terrible. Wasn't as bad as Sony, but uh, didn't really, wasn't really what I was looking for on either one. Yeah. Matt Stafford has in the last, uh, I can't remember, it was like four or five games against, uh, uh, who, who did they play last? I can't remember who it was now. Vikings? Minnesota, yeah. Vikings. Yeah. Um, had three touchdowns. And what does Matt Stafford do? Oh, ho, ho, ho. He goes out and throws three touchdowns in the first half. Jesus. It just completely goes bonkers. And um, <laughs> yeah. that's an awesome fade I did right there. Um, yeah. yeah, it was not good. It ends up with four touchdowns. Marvin Jones goes bananas. Um, so We're in the record with a four-touchdown performance for Marvin Jones. Yeah. Couldn't give, couldn't give TJ Hawkinson any love. No, yeah, no. nothing for him. <laughs> my other fade call was Robbie Anderson. Um, that was actually a hit. Um, he, if you go back and look at history, he's been terrible and he stayed terrible against the um, Stephon Gilmore in, the, in that vaunted, vaunted yep. Patriots defense that makes you see ghosts, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, the Jets are not happy about that. Yeah. Either. They're not happy about for one because that was terrible. Uh, and I started Sam Darnold in a league too, and he finished with negative eight point six. That was heck. Yeah, I shared a tweet heck with you where a guy was up like 
was he up like six or seven points going into Monday Night Football, and he had Sam Darnold, and he loses the game because Sam Darnold drops a negative eleven. You lose a game like that is just the all the straight tilted just head into the sidewalk. What is happening with my life? Makes me question everything ever. That's uh, that's the baddest of all beats. <laughs> that's just so um, brutal. You're already up. You've already got. You could have been Sam Darnold and won the damn game, but no. Yeah. Sam Darnold says, "Nah, gonna go ahead and throw these five interceptions and a fumble one." Uh, for me, at least, the only way I was winning going into that game was if Darnold had, you know, like uh, three touchdown day. So, uh, you know, at least I didn't. I wasn't winning. Lost it, but. Yeah, I mean, in, in in that guy's case, just straight, full on tilt, gone by. Yeah, Ugh, gross, yeah. puking everywhere. I'd be puking everywhere. <laughs> oh man, throwing, oh, going to bed. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so uh, that's our that's last week. So you know, hey, we can we can only only get better. Yeah. Uh, from. Uh, we'll, we'll do it again this week, and uh, I'm feeling feeling good, feeling good again. But uh, uh, in the Arrowhead League that we have touched on times uh, on this podcast, uh, we have a a well, uh, it's, it's a marquee matchup for the show. <laughs> yes, it is matchup in the league. Uh, Joe and I turn off uh, two two and five teams. Just a barn burner of a matchup right here, folks. <laughs> oh man! If you, you want to tune in on Sunday, this one's going to be a good one. <laughs> uh, so you know, we each are in three kind of really competitive leagues, and this is by far my worst. Uh, coming off the championship last year, uh, it has not been a good year, and things are not looking good for me. I will say, though, and we've talked about this uh, off off the show here but uh the winner of this is still alive the winner still has a chance uh to get into the playoffs so um but i have keenan allen who is checking out apparently with the hammy Uh, so things are not looking good for me in the arrowhead league so i'm gonna have to turn my attention to the other two which we're doing i'm doing a heck of a lot better in but uh things are not going well in in the arrowhead league for me yeah so i mean like, like you said the winner of this is actually um alive um they're kind of on life support just a little bit still even with a win but the way the matchups yeah. are this week if things fall correctly the way the winner of this matchup needs it to go they're not that bad of shape here because the top is real heavy right now we already have two six and one teams uh two five and two teams so the top four or the top four are pretty good, but then you got you yeah. got the you know the four and threes and, and three and fours, but they're playing not each other, so they can't beat each other up. So the tops kind of playing the middle and the bottom here. So just the way that the, the the schedule is matched up this week, um, it's uh, the winner of this matchup is you know right there in the thick of things with you know like with five weeks left to go still. So um, not out of it yet. Even the loser is not officially eliminated, but pretty much sayonara. You'd have to win out, which at this point, with the way things have gone, would be a miracle, at uh, you know, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, 
But uh, and the other thing about the other thing about this league is the last two weeks are, you know, um, uh, they you know it changes based roll on off kind of. So, yeah, so you know it really it really kind of keeps it in play there because the you know the middle teams will square off against each other, um, um, and it kind of it does kind of put you in a bind if you're in the lower end because you got to face one of the higher teams. But um, yeah, you know, so like other- week twelve. One will play 12, two plays 11, and vice versa, or whatever, go through there. And then week 13, one plays two, three plays four. So you can – those last two weeks, you can make it – you can make up a lot of ground if you, you know, you, you take care of your business and your team, you know, shines on, on, on those two weeks. And you can be two games out of the playoffs, and, and you can storm right up into the standings those last two weeks. So a lot still left to be played here, but – um. I really thought your team would be a lot better than what it is, but um, I was not even remotely excited about my team after the draft. Um, I, I think it's, I said that in the, the after draft show that we had there, um, but I'm still struggling. I mean, it's just it's just been terrible. I, I have no grasp on that league right now, um, but we'll see here. Um, who knows what's going to happen? I think whoever gets to 100 first will win, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> well, that would be a good week for me after what happened last week. To 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 be honest, uh, it was a complete disaster. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, in that league, you know, Melvin Gordon. If if you're a lot of people who have invested have invested draft capital in him, he has been up to this total bust. Um. And then the other thing that has hurt me at, to this point is that Keenan Allen started red hot and he hasn't really done anything since then. And so that has hurt, uh, especially considering the way I built that team, uh, you know, was running back heavy. And, you know, it looked like nailed my wide receiver one, which I really needed to do that. Um, but he has not been there the last for the past month, basically. And so that's my, those are two, for me, it feels like those are the two big things that have killed, that have killed my season so far. And here we are, two and five. Yeah, we're kind of in the same similar roster build there. We went heavy running back. And in my wide receiver one, Juju Smith Schuster, um, a huge disappointment, mainly on the shoulder of Ben Roethlisberger, but still, um, injuries are part of the game. So, you know, Juju was, I, Really didn't in, like that pick, but um, I needed it. You know, I, I guess it was the best player on the board at that point. But uh, I think I was telling you or somebody at, and when I drafted him, I was like, I don't like it, but um, it's a good pick for where I was. But um, I mean, we kind of got we were in the same situation, kind of roster build, and, and the way the season's kind of played out here. Yeah, not been great. So, um, yeah, like you said, uh, for that league, uh, the top four. Two six and one, two five and two. Those teams look like they're in, barring meltdowns, massive lose out. Like, yeah, they're in, and I mean, they need one or two more wins, and they're like pretty much locked in, really. Um, just normally, the way the league is. Normally, this league is tight enough that seven and six gets you into the playoff. Um, so they're right there with the fifth seed right now. Uh, it's four and three. Um, and then the sixth seed, three and four, 
that's only one game ahead of us right now. So the sixth seed very much still in play, and there's several teams uh, jockeying for that spot. Points are going to come into play, I expect, uh, which is bad for, for both of us. I think I'm dead last in points. Yeah, and I'm second to last. So, so. we are awesome in that league. <laughs> I will say, though, uh, looking over it this week, I know we've been um, heavy favorites on, on Chris Wallace's team, Biggie Smalls. I got to say, though, juggernauts are going to be something to reckon with. Um, yeah. And I told you that uh, last week or the other day or something like that. Um, yeah, that's Barring anything, because they got Dalvin, I mean, and he's on just unbelievable terror. What were we all thinking not drafting Dalvin Cook? I mean, wow. That's uh, um, all. Yeah. Um, but he, that team, barring some kind of wide receiver meltdown, because he's not Solid. I mean, he's solid there, but he's not you – know, like, he doesn't have really a, an elite receiver to carry him. He's just got a lot of good guys. You know, Chad and Steve, um, they share a team there. But um, I yeah, they really – I'm really liking that team a little bit more now. I mean, I know we, we like um, Chris Wallace's team, and it's, it's you know, has its due. But um, I think uh, Juggernaut may give him a run here. Uh, I fully agree. Yeah, I, I don't think we we've, we've given that team enough props up to this because, like you said, they got Dalvin, they got Zeke, um, and like you said, they don't really have a guy that pops out at you as a, as an elite wide receiver one. But they've gotten production from the guys that they have. DJ Chark, who is currently the fifth highest scoring uh, wide receiver in PPR, um, they got Julian Edelman, who's tenth, and Cortland Sutton killing it. He's eleventh. So. You know, that's three wide receiver ones right there uh, up to this point. So, um, his team's been on fire. Uh, Will Fuller hurt a little bit, but not much because he's got a lot of guys. He's like Cole Beasley in there now, uh, which is, you know, not super great. Change things around a little bit with Zeke being on a bye next week. Uh, get Beasley probably out of the lineup, and then, you know, you're starting your third, your RB3 is 10, which is a goal line back maybe the best running football team in football. So, and Deshaun Watson at quarterback. So that team is loaded top to bottom uh, and going to be a real tough in in that league. It may be his year uh, finally to get that uh, Arrowhead championship. Yeah. If I were to have a pick right now, I would say those two would be in the Super Bowl. Um, Like those has got to be my top two choices right now. Um, Just, uh, I just wanted to at least mention Juggernaut's team just because of how it's popped off on the on the screen here the last week or two. And um, I know we've been all over Chris Wallace's team, but I wanted to give them a little bit of props there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a major player. Uh, I, I think I think when I was looking at it, when we were, we were talking about this just a couple of days ago, I think all the top four are really – look at their teams, really solid teams and uh, teams that – uh, all have a solid uh, getting that getting that championship, but uh, so that's kind of where we are. A little update there for you guys, and uh, like we said, the uh, huge marquee matchup between Joe and I this week. Uh, loser is probably done, but uh, we'll we'll see how that goes and uh, touch on that probably. We we will uh, one of us will post the result of that matchup on on both our um, Facebook and Twitter accounts. Uh, the Dan and Joe Fancy Show. We will post the results of that and uh, a little bit of bragging rights for for me or for Dan on who wins this huge matchup in the Arrowhead League. <laughs> well, I, 
tell you uh, as we as we go through our picks here, which we're going to get into now. I uh, I'm not feeling good, uh, and you can tell by my fades. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so let's do that now. Let's uh, get into our picks for this week. As we always do, we start with the must-starts. And, and I am going to kick it off with Ty. As we know, on Johnson is out for the year. Um, and, you know, if you were able to snap Ty Johnson, uh, that really couldn't have come at a better time for you because the matchup is fantastic. Uh, at home against the Giants. Uh, as seven-point favorites, uh, the Giants have been, uh, you know, they've actually been better against the run than they have against the pass. Uh, but, you know, when you look at the role that Ty likely to inherit, uh, which would appear to be a little bit of a workhorse, well, he actually ran quite a few more routes uh, than McKissick did uh, when when on went out. So, they are comfortable throwing the ball to Ty Johnson. He, you would expect, would get a vast majority of the early down and would have the goal line goal on lock. Uh, so the Detroit offense has been, you know, much better than they were last year, uh, mainly uh, on through the arm of Matt Stafford. But um, it's a great matchup, big favorites. Uh, he's probably the goal line back on a good offense. Uh, I, I would have him as a high-end RB2 in this matchup, and I think you got to get Ty Johnson in your lineup. Yeah, I mean, a uh, guy I'm going to talk about here in just a second, um, the Arizona running back, Chase Edmonds. I mean, he went bananas against that defense last week. So um, a very awesome – I mean, like you said, you you know, carry-on gets hurt. He's done for the year pretty much. Um, you can go ahead and get rid of carry-on because even if he comes back, it's week 16. You're not yeah. playing him in the Super Bowl, so just – Wash your hands of carry on and, and yeah. fill your roster with somebody else. Do not even try to hang on to him for a one game, maybe, because I doubt he's even going to play because Detroit will be out of the playoffs at that point, um, and they'll just rest him. So you can you can wash your hands of carry on, and hopefully you picked up Ty Johnson or you already had Ty Johnson because um, I know the, the team that me and Dan share, um, we tried getting him in that league. We, we tried to spend a lot of fab. We pretty much were going to waste what we – or not waste, but, like, spend the rest of what we had, which was about half of our season, um, about 50%. And uh, we did not get him. We got outbid. Yeah. Which was unfortunate because we could have really used him to propel, propel that team into just championship role. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like this call on, on uh, Ty Johnson. Yeah, and, and like you said uh... – I was a carry on Johnson owner in the Arrowhead league and I did not have Ty Johnson and I did not get him. So another blow to that team. Uh, but Ty- yeah, our matchup, every, every, the line, the stars are not aligning for you to win this week. I mean, it's just brutal. No. I feel bad for you really. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't oh, it, mean my team's going to do anything anyways. So that, you know, it just, sometimes things don't go your way. There's only so much you can do. And uh, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, it's not like I have a different philosophy for every league that I'm in. And in one league, um, you know, killing it, um, six and one. You know, so uh, you know, it is what it is. Things you're six not... and one, and aren't you the point leader in that league? I think I'm still a little bit behind Cobb, but I've been steadily gaining on him week by week. So uh, I'm right. But I know there. you won. You won three week high weeks in a row. 
Um, besides right. last week, the, the, the three previous before that, you were the highest scoring team. So, yeah. yeah, like I said, I mean, it's just, I mean, you can't dominate every league every time, every year. I mean, right. you're going to have your struggles, and um, you just try to be um, consistent with your, you know, like you said, with your game plan, with your draft plan, with your, you know, your philosophy. And, you know, at the end of the day, things will even out, and you'll be ahead. So, Yeah, you know, I mean – Sometimes things just don't break your way, and that's just the way it is. But you just got to keep grinding, and uh, you know, if it's not if it's not your year, something we've all I think everyone, you know, we all like to we all like to act like we're you know always dominating. But I've been playing fantasy for a long time. I can tell you, you know, no one dominates every single year. Um, I make the playoffs, but you know, sometimes things break badly for you, and that's kind of the way it's gone in Arrowhead. But anyway. My other uh, must start here that I really like. Um, Kenny Stills, you know, Will Fuller is out. Uh, uh, the guy sliding in uh, for a guy who – but I also think that Kenny Stills is a, is a really good football player uh, and the matchup is fantastic. Uh, Oakland has one of the worst passes in football. They've been the worst uh, in football at uh, plus 20, yard, 20 yards and, and more uh, passes. So uh, this is a major smash spot, I feel like, for Kenny Stills. Uh, and the Houston offense as a whole. Um, but Oakland has been much better at defending the run than they have. So, uh, as you know, I'll get it. I'll mention this again a little bit later. I think Deshaun Watson is going to tear it up. Uh, I think Kenny Stills is going to be a major beneficiary of that. So, Kenny Stills cut off the Will Fuller in 100 yards last week. Uh, I think he gets that again. And I think he is a must start. Yeah. Um, I listened to a couple other. Um podcast to you know just try to gain as much knowledge as i can um and man this one podcast they are all over kenny stills and uh you know a lot of other people are too and and um you know will fuller gone for a couple weeks here maybe um so a big chance for kenny stills and um i just i i'm not 100 percent sold on it but um I, I mean, I, you're in that offense, so you got plenty, plenty of opportunity. So uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know why I am, I'm not. You know, it's just one of those feelings you have, I guess. But um, right. I just, I maybe I need to look into it some more. I haven't really, you know, I haven't dug everything I could to figure figure out that situation. But um, I just, I don't know why I'm not. But um, for some reason, I, I just, I'm not. It's not um, doing it for me, I guess, it, for a better lack of word for whatever. Oh, sometimes that is that just is you know is the way it goes. But I, I think honestly, I think there's a chance Kenny Stills is actually better than Will Fuller, um, because you know, I think there's a very good chance of that just because of I, I know Will Fuller had the the fifty point game, but other than that, he has not been good, like not honestly, at all. You know, go back a couple weeks uh, when they played the Chiefs, he dropped like three touchdowns. Um, uh, you know, I would, I know, I was there, I watched it, I was at the stadium. <laughs> he said, he, he, that game would have been a lot worse for Kansas City, honestly, if if Will Fuller was catching football. Uh, they, Houston still scored their touchdowns, but, um, you know, and I, so they, they're going to throw it to Kenny. Like I, I, I'm all over it. I think this is a great play. I mean, they went and got him. So, um, and you know, you see this all the time. 
teams go and get people because they want to use them. They want to be able to use their skill set. They they found a way to, you know, they go get people to use them. They don't go and get Kenny Stills to for depth, you know. They're not going to let him, you know, be the third guy there. But, um, I mean, obviously I think they needed it for insurance for Will Fuller because – I mean, death taxes and Will Fuller getting the hamstring injury. That's you can bank it, baby. Yep. Every there's no. I would <laughs> or Fuller playing 16 games. No, <laughs> hoping for those 45 point games like he had, which we just so happened to miss out on that. But uh, yeah, on and, the and, bench, baby. <laughs> for example, you know, I have I have Kenny Stills in one league, and I am going to start him over Didi Westbrook. So. Uh, there's a example of who I would put over. Uh, that's how in, in my lineup. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, this week I definitely would, um, for sure. Um, that's that's a good call right there. So okay, um, we'll get we'll move on here a little bit. Um, we'll get to my must starts. Uh, one of my must starts this week is the good old Ryan Tannehill. Yes, sir, Bob. Um, he gets the starting gig, um, and he's got. Um, a rather, I won't say full juicy matchup, but um, it's it's pretty close. A pretty close to a full juicy matchup here against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have the worst pass defense in the league. Um, and Tannehill's coming off a 300-yard game last week. Um, gets a start, finally. Um, gets Mariota on the bench and uh, goes for 300 yards and two scores last week. Um, and... Nobody can run against Tampa Bay, so they're going to have to throw the ball. Right. Um, so, but, um, I, I know I have him as a must start, but I mean, it's, it's a one game sample size. So, but I mean, everything lines up here where he should have another bang, bang, good matchup. But, um, who, I mean, I don't know. I mean, just say if you have Lamar Jackson or, you know, Somebody else on by, you know, you can definitely pick him up and play him this week. Um, but I just, I, everything lines up on paper. But every time I do this, you line it up on paper, I always get kind of, I mean, it doesn't work out for me sometimes here, but I, I, I still like the call. You kind of just, you have to put the numbers together and, uh, and sometimes just go with that and see what happens. And, and, and in this case, this is kind of what, what that is. Yeah, and so like, uh, so you know, you you really like Ryan Tannehill, um, for example. Let's just you know pull up some uh, guys here. Um, you you would start Ryan Tannehill over Jameis Winston, then? Um, yes, I think I would. Yes. Would you start him over Matt Ryan? Um, man. If Matt Ryan plays, which um, he's still questionable, but I think he's going to play. I think he's going to play because Dan Quinn needs him to play because if he don't play and they lose, Dan Quinn's gone. He's he's looking for a job. Dan Quinn's getting because, fired. Because, oh. I mean, he's going to get fired eventually no matter what, but it's just a matter of now or at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so he's pretty much playing. He's coaching for his next job right now. Yeah. So he's trying to rally rally the troops and, put, and get them to, to be able to play this weekend, but – it's not a very good matchup against Seattle. Um, so <clears throat> I think I would probably play Matt Ryan, but yeah. 
Ah, oh, man. Just because they're going to be down in that game. And, and, and um, it depends on the rest of my roster. If I needed a home run, I'm playing Ryan Tannehill. If I just need somebody to score me 10, 15, I'll probably play Matt Ryan. But I think Tannehill could go for a home run this week. But so that, it's only a one-game sample size we have here. And um, But I think – I. I mean, you you have to start him, I think, but just tempered expectation. Well, I mean, I think that's kind of where he slots in. Then is kind of a a low end QB one, but a QB one in in uh, you know single quarterback even I, <clears throat> kind of where he slides in there. So yeah, yeah. So my other uh, must start um, is a guy we kind of briefly hit there um, is Chase Edmonds. And I know David Johnson is probably going to be out of this game, but even if he is active, David Johnson, that is, you still have to start Chase Edmonds because as last week showed us, David Johnson was active and played one snap and was gone. And it really killed me in the Arrowhead League because I started him. Um, I I didn't have Chase Edmonds at the time, but I do now. I made a trade to get Chase Edmonds for some insurance this week. Um, I had to give up the, the Sony Michelle, um, but um, still a good trade for me. Um, just to give me that insurance and try to give me kind of any kind of salvation to make the playoffs in that league. But the Saints do have a really good run defense to hit here on Chase Edmonds. Um, so I think rushing will be limited for Chase Edmonds, but um, I think the Cards will be able to move the ball. And um, a lot of that will be through the air. And I think Chase Edmonds may end up with a, a six to seven reception day here. Um, and um, has a, a very good day. I mean, he went bananas last week. Let's, let's not, you know, yeah. miss that at all. Yeah. Um, I, as a David Johnson owner, I could really use those points. I mean, a 40-point week out of David Johnson would have – I would have won last week easily. Yeah. Um, but with David Johnson dropping a point two. Really hurt, really hurt. Um, but uh, I, I even even with David Johnson active this week, I, you still have to start Chase Edmonds because even when David Johnson was playing and playing well, Chase Edmonds was still really fantasy relevant. Right, and I think that's the thing. I think that's a good point you made because some people may be kind of concerned there if uh, you know if David Johnson is active. But I, I I agree. And if you look at the two weeks before last week when he blew up, he was putting up RB two numbers. And David Johnson was playing, so uh, yeah, I, I think, I think this week you're starting Chase Edmonds, and if you have Chase Edmonds, especially if you don't have um, uh, David Johnson, but you do have Chase, unless you've just got you know three great running backs or something like that, you know three RB one, just put Chase Edmonds in your lineup, and you don't even need to worry about the David Johnson status because uh, Chase Edmonds has been producing even with David Johnson. Yeah, and even if he is active, I don't think he's going to play a whole lot. Um, I, everything I've been reading, it's still kind of up in the air, but um, they've signed a couple guys here. So um, just for, you know, for added depth. Um, but I, I just, I man, I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if I would even start David Johnson. Like the, the matchup I have with you, I'm probably not even going to play David Johnson because – even if he is active, like I'm just, I, I got to bench him because I can't 
risk him dropping a point two in a, in, in a must in an almost must win situation. So, and I know Chase Edmonds healthy and ready to go. So, yeah, the the floor is way better there for me for with Chase Edmonds than yeah. to even try to take the risk that David Johnson goes bananas because two weeks ago David Johnson was like questionable up into the game time, and he ends up playing and goes bananas two weeks ago with like a 28 point game or something like that. And then now he can't practice all that, all that week, you know, two weeks ago. And then he doesn't practice all this week. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I think even if you have David Johnson, you got to bench him. I think, I mean, just, you can't take the risk. Man, I, I, you know, I've been doing this for a while and following football. I was a kid a long time, you know, I, I, not that I've been, you know, on, but I've been on, on Twitter for a long time, you know, obviously I, after one of the best, everyone knows who that is. And I can't recall any other time where you get the overnight tweet from Adam Schefter that says so-and-so is going to play. And then they are, but they don't even step on the Like, we didn't get to have a whiff of information that, uh, I mean, he did step on one carry. Uh, you know, we didn't even have a sniff of that, that that was going to, not even from the best reporter uh, in in football. That yeah. was, I don't, I can't recall that happening to that level. I'm sure it's probably happened before or something, but just from my memory, I, I don't remember that. I've never seen, really seen that, that I can remember. That was wild. And I mean, and, and honestly, a total bonehead move from Arizona. Like they after the game, they're like, "Well, he was only going to play in an emergency." Well, then why is he even <laughs> suited up? Like, get somebody else in there, or yeah. something. Like, you got to have another option. You can't just if he he can't just play in an emergency. It's not like a punter or you yeah. know some situation like that. This is the running back we're talking about here. And well, what if he goes out there and and then that the one play he did get in? What if he reaggravates it and he's gone for the year? Like, you're going to look yeah. pretty darn foolish. If that was the case, it was almost like they had no idea that that was the case because he had the first carry of the game. He goes out there and he has the first carry. And it's almost like they had no idea. And then he comes over the sidelines like, yeah, actually, I can't do this. Like, oh, OK. <laughs> because yeah. like, what? that was crazy. A total lack of lack of communication, a lack of management, lack of leadership there. Just just not good all across the board. But. Some good is Chase Edmonds like had a field day and just went bananas. So mm. good for him, and uh, he's going to be good for you this week too. So start Chase Edmonds because I will be for sure. Uh, we now we're on to the good option here, and uh, we've already touched a little bit on uh, Tennessee. And there's another Tennessee player that I like. I'm not calling him a must start, um, but I do really like him this week, Corey Davis. Uh, and one of the things um, that Tanny already kind of talked about is he was the Mariota, but, and kind of on top of that uh, is that he got the ball to Corey Davis, and, and you know he he allowed Corey Davis to make plays, uh, and the 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 matchup there we've already met with the Buccaneers have been a complete pass funnel. They have the currently the best run defense in football. Uh, but their pass defense hasn't been, you know, anything to really scare you away. It's not been great. Um, and so I think that the the the, um, the Titans are going to struggle running the football here. And I think that Tannehill 
uh, right now, at the very least, is better than than Mariota and much better for there. On top of that, um, Delaney Walker is out. And, you know, they've got A.J. Brown there too, but I think A.J. Brown is more of a threat. And I think Corey Davis is more of a type of guy that can help fill in the underneath routes. Uh, I much prefer him. You know, Anu Smith is going to get more playing time, but I think that Corey Davis is a guy, a proven player, a good football player. Um, and so I really like Davis this week uh, as a real solid <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, going into the season, it was it, at what point was Tannehill going to get his chance? And it was last week, um, and he took full advantage of it, clearly. Um, but you go back and you look at Corey Davis' stat line with Mariota, and it's garbage, garbage, a good game against Atlanta. Surprise, not everybody's doing that. Um, garbage against Buffalo, garbage against Denver. Oh, and here's a 20-point game against the Chargers. With who at quarterback? Ryan Tannehill. So, yep. you know, Tannehill's going to, you know, lift everybody up here in this passing offense. Um, and it's probably going to downgrade a little bit to um, Derrick Henry, especially this week. But, yeah, Tannehill, um, he's going to push the ball down the field here and uh, uh, do a lot of good things for uh, this Tennessee offense and try to help them be able to move the ball because Mariota looked just flat-out terrible. He's, uh, it looked like he was, you know, <clears throat> just not really a, a QB1 or in, in the National Football League. He's been – he was terrible. Yeah. Um, so, and my, my other good option that I've got this week, uh, I'm going to go with the tight end. I really like Gerald Everett. Uh, I feel like he's kind of coming into his own here uh, in this Rams offense. Uh, Jared Goff, he's actually um, – uh, Jared Gerald Everett, I mean, is um, getting a pretty fair amount of volume. He had a big targets. Um, and so, you know, maybe he doesn't quite get to that level again, but the matchup is really good here. Uh, and so I think Gerald Everett is a, is a one. We've talked about it many times, how rough the type of position is. Um, and, and considering that, he's a borderline much part, honestly, because I think uh, Gerald Everett is a very good starting option this week. Uh, great matchup against Cincinnati. They've not defended the tight end very well. They've not defended the pass in general well at all. Um Jared Goff, where his struggles mostly have been, have been on downfield throws. Um, and so, obviously, they do have a lot of mouths to feed there. But I think Gerald Everett is getting fairly consistent volume. I expect that cont- to continue. And in this great matchup, I think Gerald Everett is tight end that you're really going to have to start this week unless you've got, you know, one of the one of the top five, you know, Austin Hooper, Zach, who hasn't even been good, but you're still going to start him over Gerald Everett. But, you know, unless you've got one of the really kind of set and forget type options at tight end, Gerald Everett is someone that you really should probably find up this week. Boy, I hope next week at this time we're recording that you hit on that pick. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the matchup against me and you, I have him in my starting lineup. So um, I really hope you hit that pick, Dan. So that will be good for me. <laughs> Well, you know, I've been about uh, on the year. I think I'm right around 50-50 on all of these picks. So, uh, we'll see. But Well, I feel better about Corey Davis, so we'll see how that works out. <laughs> so, uh, one of my good options this week is um, DK Metcalf. Um, we've talked about this matchup a little bit already, um, but uh, the matchup against the Falcons um, – the Falcons are top five in a wide receiver points allowed. Um, almost 50 points 
per game they're allowing to opposing wide receivers. Um, that's a pretty good chunk right there. Um, and when you consider who Seattle really has right now, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Will Disley's gone for the year. So, um, and, and as soon as Will Disley was out, you know, both me and you um, was like, well, this is going to be straight DK Metcalf related. Like, it's going to be his targets here. Um, so, and it, it showed out pretty good last week. He had a solid day um last week but um and you know what the only reason i didn't have him as a must start here is because of potential game flow um like we said matt ryan is questionable i think he will play but if he doesn't um this could be a chris carson field day um so but i really like um dk metcalf this week i would have him as a must start if i knew right now matt ryan was playing um for sure, one hundred percent. I would have DK Mech as a, as a must start this week. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the matchup, and you know, DK Metcalf actually is kind of due uh, for positive touchdown progression. He has nine red points and and no touchdowns off of those, so he's getting the looks, and the matchup is fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. DK and Russell Wilson is leading the league right now in in um red zone throws um like 26 i think on the season i think i would i think that's what i've seen um so yeah i mean and, and that's where dk dk is gonna eat dk is gonna eat in the red zone or he's gonna eat on eat on the long bombs and uh yeah arizona or uh, arizona atlanta's defense um as we all know is not very good so um <laughs> uh potential field day for dk uh this weekend against i agree atlanta but the only reason i don't have him there is like i said um Matt Ryan. If Matt Ryan's out, you got Matt Schaub at quarterback, and it's just going to be wow, gross. Um, Chris Carson, enjoy your thirty carry day, sir. Which will be great for us, huh? <laughs> but so my other good option this week is is Cameron Brake. Um, probably the one and only time he shows up on this list, maybe, possibly. You never know. But um, today Cam- the news broke: OJ Howard is out. So insert Cameron Brake. Boom. Um, as we all know, the tight end market is pretty bitter. <laughs> um, yeah, not good. But so you got to do your dumpster diving here and um, dive in the dumpster and grab you some Cameron Brait this week, please. <laughs> um, I like that. That's true. It's so true. That's um, so he's got a good matchup against Tennessee. You know, we've kind of hit on this a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, Tampa, Tampa Bay coming off the bye week. Um, I know OJ Howard just listed out today, but he's had a time here to kind of get his game plan ready for Tennessee. And, you know, Tennessee's got a pretty good defense. Um, not great, but pretty solid. So, um, but I think um, you could do a lot worse if you're looking around trying to find somebody. But I think, you know, and Cameron Brait, I can't remember what year it was or who the other three players, but there was only three other guys since 2017 or 16, I want to say. That have more touchdowns than Cameron Brait in a tight end position. Um, only three other guys. I can't remember who it was. I vaguely heard it um, or read it. Um, I was going to try to find it again, but I couldn't find it. Um, but And he's had two touchdowns in the last three weeks here. Even with O.J. Howard healthy, you take O.J. Howard out of the equation now. And um, I think you got a very good option here with Cameron Brait. Um, you know, that, the tight end position has definitely been rough would be i wouldn't feel great honestly 
for me about Cameron Bray, I mean, O.J. Howard has been almost nothing. That said, um, there's, you know, I could definitely see the potential there with Cameron Bray should soak up a ton of the snaps. Um, and, you know, Jameis Winston has, like, you know, like you just mentioned, thrown it to a lot to him in the end zone. So, we'll see. I, 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 I couldn't say I feel as good as you do about it, but, uh, you know, never say never. <laughs> so, um, those are the good options for us this weekend. As we always do, we'll we'll get all this posted uh, on our Facebook page and our Twitter. So uh, keep rolling through the dark roads. Uh, and I am going a little uh, off the beaten path here. Uh, one of my dark roads is Damien Williams, and I don't have any stats here for you. I don't have any numbers to give you, um, but. The reason why I think, you know, obviously you probably have Damian Williams on your team. You, you drafted him hopefully as an RB1, but that's not what he's been. Um, I, I think, though, there is a potential there for him to have a solid day. And my thought is, this is this is why I like uh, Damian Williams as a dart throw. I would expect the Green Bay Packers to try to get Matt Moore to beat them. They have actually been very good in, in the pass defense, but their run defense has been where they have been beaten. Um, and so I, I will I expect that they will, you know, not completely load the box, focus on stopping the Chiefs running game. Um, I, I would think the Chiefs may try to run it a little bit. They may be thinking the Chiefs are trying to run it a little bit more. So I, I think there's a chance here that Damian Williams gets some a little bit of a bump in, not necessarily in up-the-gut runs, but uh, in the passing game. I think there could be an uptick in screens. And I've already talked about how I think Tyreek Hill gets some more touches, but I think there's a chance here that Damian Williams gets some of those looks. And I think there's a chance that they could be affected with that. Um, you know, Andy Reid has had more than a week here to prepare. Um, I wouldn't feel great. I will say this. I wouldn't feel super great about John McCoy. Um, but I think Damian Williams is worth a dart. Like I said, my whole thought here is that uh, the Packers are going to try to get Matt Moore to beat them. They're going to say, okay, you're not going to be able to run the ball. Let's see what you can do in the passing game. I don't think they're going to completely sell out because it is Andy Reid. Uh, they have Tyreek Hill and they have Travis Kelsey. Um, but I just think that um, there is a possibility here. I'm feeling like uh, Damian Williams could have could break one. Green, I think he will get several of those chances in this game. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think Green Bay would be foolish if they try to make Matt Moore beat them because, like you said, Andy. I think Andy knew Friday that Patrick wasn't playing this week. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's been in the lab doing everything, doing what he does, mad scientist stuff, designing these plays and getting Matt Moore ready to play Green Bay. And um, you know, I really. Obviously, it would have been awesome just for the the folk story of Patrick Mahomes playing Sunday night. Yeah. But we all knew deep down he wasn't going to play. But, I mean, just the lead up and, and everything was, was awesome this week um, for fandom, for entertainment, um, and the videos of him practicing, which actually looked really good considering his kneecap of dislocated. Yeah. I mean, geez, Louise, man, this guy is unbelievable. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, how do you even try to rule him out for next week? They said it was going to be three games. Like, 
the way he's looking now, like he may be playing next week. So I we'll think we'll have to see. You know, we'll have to see. But there's no way you cannot sit here right now and say he's definitely not playing next week. I mean, there's no way you can say that because if he wasn't close to playing, you know, or he's obviously healthy enough that he can go out there and do individual drills. You know, you take like take Devontae Adams for example, who's got the turf toe. He hasn't practiced in weeks. Yeah, and. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is limited all week, less than a week after dislocating his knee. So clearly he's capable of moving around and doing, uh, you know, some things at practice. Um, next week is definitely a possibility. I would say if I had to pick, I would, I still think uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to be out, but you know, and I, I, I think I said this already, Joe, uh, you know, as we, as we talk all week long, but I think he's back in, I think Patrick Mahomes is back in the Tennessee game. I think he only misses two games. I think he's out next week. Um, so I think if you have Chiefs players, you know, you don't have to. You're not going to suffer for very long because I think that Patrick Mahomes is only going to miss two games. Um, but uh, for this game, you know, I do like David Williams as a as a dart throw here. Got a shot to get a touchdown uh, in the screen game. Uh, my other one, and this is a considerably riskier if Drew Brees doesn't play. But I still think – Worth a dark throw. Uh, anyway, I, I like Ted Ginn Jr. I've got him as my other dark throw. Um, you know, Arizona has not been good against the pass and actually um, against downfield throws, uh, they have been one of the worst in football. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is not throwing it a lot there, but has done it some. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr. has gotten a few looks there, and the matchup is great. So, uh, and then if if Drew Brees plays, and I think Ted Ginn Jr. is a, is a, you know the the play gets even better. Um, but even even if he does, and I said I think Ted Ginn Jr. has a chance at a long touchdown matchup against the Cardinals. Yeah, and um, we were getting the show layout, and I seen you had Ted Ginn, and I was just. I'm like constantly always checking every league I'm in, looking at the recent activity, and I'm like, oh, whoa, Dan picked up Ted Ginn. He's going to play in this week. And I see him in your lineup. I was like, man, Dan's selling out again this week. He's going for it. Uh, I don't know. It's going to come down to, you know, as we, I mentioned before, Keenan Allen. That's who I may bench him for. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I had actually made the, the decision that I was going to, to put him here at the dark throw before I decided to pick him up. And then, you know, after I did it, I was like, well, I think he's available. I was like, eh. <laughs> I have, you know, the guy I dropped him for Randall Cobb, which maybe Randall Cobb has more value season long. I don't know. Really, you know, I really kind of sit down and think that out. But for this week, you know, and I, like we already talked about, I, it's this week or nothing. So I'm like, man, okay, drop Randall Cobb. And I, it, maybe I'll think about playing Ted Ginn, but I do think he's worth a dart throw. Yeah, I mean, you got to win this week. It doesn't matter week 10, you know, not, not right now. It matters this week. So, you got to get the win. It doesn't matter if season long or whatever. You got to find a guy that you can play this week and and hopefully uh, get you at least a win and then worry about next week, next week. You know, like the old adage, uh, day at a time, game at a time. You got to so, win that. So, I got two interesting dart throws this week. We've already talked about both of these guys. Um the first one is Mohamed Sanu, the freshly New England Patriot threaded guy um, here. So uh, Sanu's going to be pretty risky this week, but um, 
it could pay off with a touchdown. And that's why I have him this week because um, as we've seen before and as recently as this season, the Patriots get a shiny toy and they play with it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and they went out and paid a hefty, hefty price for Muhammad Sanu. Wow. They gave up a second round pick for this guy. Um, yeah. So they yeah, yeah. really liked him, obviously. Right. And I think this week they, you know, I mean, Julian's going to get his. Jane White's going to get his. Um, Sonny Michelle's going to get three one-yard touchdowns. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I mean, you take those three carries out of his game last week, and it's just gross. But It was right. Exactly. But, <laughs> exactly. but, you know, touchdowns count. Yeah, oh, yeah, in, in a big way. But, um, <laughs> so, I know no, no Josh Gordon. He's gone. Um and the Browns really are not that great at cornerback. And um, they are allowing the sixth highest points to receivers this year so far. Um, so, or, I mean, in, in the last four weeks they have. So, um, I know they're coming off a bye. And a, a lot of people are, have been sneaking around thinking that the Browns could do something here and, and upset the Patriots. Um, but and unless Tom Brady slips and falls somewhere and is not in playing this week, I don't see it really happening. I can kind yeah. of get behind it a li- uh, like a little bit, just on the 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 premise, I guess. But uh, the Browns have not been what everybody thought they were going to be. You know, they were not who they thought they were. They were not Dennis Green's quote. You know, right. so um, they're not who we thought they were. Yeah, the opposite. <laughs> yeah, the total uh, opposite. Man, um, I gotta say, any chance Cleveland had in this game evaporated. When Jarvis Landry went up there and guaranteed a win, yeah. they're done. Yeah. They are finished because the Patriots are going to roll them. Yeah. Man. Belichick's going to make them look so ridiculous. <laughs> That's what you tell your teammates in the locker room, not the reporters in the press room. What an idiot. Yeah. You know, and I, against Jarvis Landry, I'm not trying to, you know, but that was a total bad move. We saw how that worked for the Eagles. Yeah. Doug Peterson. Out guarantees a win and they get clobbered and the Cowboys aren't even close to what the Patriots are right now no. so uh, you know I, not that I think necessarily that translates to a huge day for Muhammad Sanu really I think he's a, you know a dart throw I agree I, I, I think what you really what you're looking for there is you know when we talked about when they got Antonio Brown I just knew they were going to feed, feed the crap out of him and, I mean yeah and you caught because I had him as a fade that week and, and you he called it like, and and that's yeah. what exactly what happened. They fed him and fed him and fed him until he was full, and he got the yeah. touchdown. Uh, and so I I don't know. I just the narrative isn't as juicy uh, as it was, and you know that was one of the biggest reasons why I felt like they were just going to feed the bejesus out of, of of Antonio Brown. I don't know if they'll do that with Muhammad Sanu. Maybe they did put a big, down, but I do think um, if you if you've got him. Uh, you know, and that's another thing that um, the question would be then, you know, if you do have Muhammad Sanu, uh, um, who are you starting him on? Let me see if I can find him here in the clip. Uh, okay. um, well, okay. really, okay, so let's see. Alden Tate, would you start Muhammad Sanu over Alden Tate? Uh, probably. I think I would. I think I do. I think I would too. 
Um, because here's why. I, I, I mean, let me let me ask you this question: Do you think the Patriots run one, at least one, designed play specifically for Mohamed Sanu this week? Absolutely. And the way that they can design a play, that play could score a touchdown. And I think, yeah. Yeah. and that, I mean, just on that, that's only on that yeah. premise right there alone. I think right. we'll, we'll, you know, whether that play is successful or not, I still think, and it's probably going to be several plays, but like one shot play or one um, fully designed play just for Muhammad Sanu. You know, I mean, I know there's, uh, there's those plays during the game, you know, every week and every game, but I know the Patriots are going to do that at least one time for Sanu this week. And I, if, if it's a boom, boom play and it's a touchdown, then it's a, it's a great day. Yep. You know, and I don't know. I mean, they, like you said, it's not Antonio Brown juicy, but it's still, they gave up a lot for him. And um, Josh Gordon's gone now and they need somebody. I mean, they're just running dry on receivers over there. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, Philip Dorsett's nice, but he's a you know the, the long stretch guy. Um, but really, I think they that made him you know because Jacoby Myers played quite a bit on that Monday night game, and I don't know if they didn't see enough where they liked on film to make this trade. And obviously, I knew they they knew Josh Gordon was gone, but they could have just like elevated Jacoby Myers into that position or moved right. Philip Dorsett up. But I don't know if they they probably didn't feel comfortable enough with that, and they wanted more of a veteran guy like Mohamed Sanu to to take that role over. Obviously he's not Josh Gordon, but he can, I mean, he can still put up stats like Josh Gordon. Right. And I think, you know, with us, you know, with the information being that Josh Gordon is not several weeks away from getting back on the football field. I think you really kind of have, if just reading the tea leaves there, it feels like they weren't really happy that they're getting out of Josh Gordon anyway. And, you know, after this trade, it certainly doesn't seem like they're really super are really happy with Jacoby Myers either. So, um, yeah, I, it really seems like they're going to put, they're going to plug, you know, Muhammad Sunu in there. I think your three receiver sets are going to be, they play, they're going to, they only play a lot of 11 personnel. It's going to be Edelman, Sunu, and Dorsett. And so Sanu's going to play a lot of, like, they're going to run, they're going to run at least one play. From, so you can bank on that. Yeah, and I, and you know, like like I just said, like after the Monday night game and the the news about Gordon and then trade for Sanu, like that immediately my brain went to they don't trust Jacoby Myers enough, and they had to make a move, and you know Muhammad Sanu, and I just I think it's a, I mean, they're gonna run one play, and if he scores, it's a great dart throw. So, yeah. and my other dart throw is another wide receiver that got just just got traded, um, kind of the same premise here. Whereas in Sanu, you know, I'm just traded, but I feel better about Sanders because he's the for sure number one there. Um, and Shanahan has wanted a receiver like this for, you know, a couple years now. And um, they I, they finally made a deal and, you know, they got one. I mean, Amanda Sanders can be, you know, a very good wide receiver one, not top five receiver in the league wide receiver one, but a very good wide receiver on a very good offense. And um, I know San Francisco is, they lead the league in rushing and they're a very run first offense and that's fine and dandy, but that's, I mean, that opens up opportunity in the pass game too. And when you talk about a, a seven for 80, 90, hundred yards a day, I mean, that's a solid day for a wide receiver. 
and you can have a quietly productive day in this type of offense as a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, it. this one to me is going to – Kyle Shanahan is going to have to figure out if, – if Manny Sanders is going to have a day, it's going to have to be, I feel like, on, on the, the – the, through the scheming of Kyle Shanahan because Carolina has a fantastic pass defense. And you would think that their their top corner, James Bradbury, is going to square up a lot with Daniel Sanders. And he has been really ball right now. Um, so they're going to have to move – to get him away from Bradbury, they'd have to move him around the field. Maybe they do that. Um, you know, as we're sitting here you know, between these two guys, I think I would probably feel a little bit better about Muhammad Sanu, at least for this week, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I know, and, and he does have a tough matchup. I mean, Carolina is, you know, they're only, uh, let's see, top five or bottom five or however you want to phrase it um, in right. wide receiver points given up. So, I, I mean, a brutal matchup, but, um, and that's why he's a dart throw because uh, of that matchup. But, yeah. you know, like in the same situation as Tanu, new toy, let's go out and play with it, guys. You know, let's let's get him the ball. Let's see what it's at, you know, see what's going to happen here. Um, but, you know, Carolina's got a very good defense, too. But um, I think the volume could be there to where it's a, a red zone touchdown. Because, you know, when new guys come into, you know, onto teams, it's like, well, let's let's get him a couple red zone plays. Let's get him in occupied or accumulated to the team's offense. But a lot of that starts with the red zone stuff. And, and you know, you, you may get a red zone touchdown here from Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. So, uh, that's the darts for this week that we, that we've got. And, uh, we're into the last category here, uh, fades and, uh, somewhat, but not too much, really not coincidental. <laughs> uh, both of mine are on my arrowhead team, but you know, both of these are, are, I just, I'm not, you know, just putting them out here. I really do feel like these guys are not set up for good weeks. My, my first one is Melvin Gordon, and I did talk about him a little bit earlier. You know, um, on the road, Bear, I do, you know, and Joe and I, you you, uh, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I do think, feel like the Chargers do have a shot to win this game. Um, but I just don't see really uh, – there's, there's really no reason at all to have confidence in Melvin Gordon at this point. Uh, he's Eckler ran circles around him, um, and so uh, if you've got options, I would go with them. I'm not feeling great about Melvin Gordon this week. The matchup isn't great, um, and like I said, Austin Eckler has been far more productive uh, with his touches. Yeah, you so, would think uh, like Melvin Gordon comes back. He comes back earlier, and everybody thought, and you think San uh, San Diego, the Chargers are going to take off here on offense, and they have done the complete one eighty. Melvin Gordon has brought them down, like right. it's not good. like Keenan Allen down. I mean, Eckler's still eating, doing his thing, but you know the man he has just brought this offense down into and the Chargers into. You know, everybody picks the Chargers every year, and they have the Chargers, 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 and this is what they do every year. Um, and the last couple of weeks, Melvin Gordon has done them no favors whatsoever. No, and, you know, for the whole – for the offense as a whole, the other thing about it is, honestly, is that Phillip Rivers played a flip. Yeah. He's not – he was uh, – at least, you know, if you're going to compare it to last year, he's definitely has not been as effective as he was last year. 
Uh, he always has kind of been a touch passer. You know, he never really has had a, a rocket arm like some like Patrick Mahomes, for example. Um, but it's really as he's kind of getting on in age, you know, watching clips of him and his arms maybe slipping a little bit even more, which if you have a lot to do, uh, just struggling a lot of outside throws, uh, which is tangently negatively affecting all the rest of the guys and Keenan Allen being one of them. And then, you know, Melvin Gordon was, was really smashing when that offense was doing well and he's getting goal line totes and cutting guys, cutting teams up. And that was opening things up for Melvin. Um, it hasn't affected Austin Eckler because he's getting a ton of dump off and he's been very effective with those. So, um, but that's the other piece I think there that Philip Rivers has not been playing great. Uh, Melvin Gordon, like bringing the Chargers offense down. There's just not really any reason to have much confidence that Melvin Gordon's going to turn it around in this matchup. Um, if you've got a somewhat better option, I, I would go with that. And just really quickly to look here, Matt Breida, we've talked about. I would start Matt Breida. Um, Jamal Williams. The RB2 for Green Bay, I think, would be a better play. So, um, just not – I just don't think Melvin Gordon's a great play. And my other one, Alshon Jeffrey, and I've I've talked about Buffalo's defense many times on this on this show. They have a fantastic passing defense. Um, and, honestly, Alshon Jeffrey, I feel like, is the worst to, to, to beat Buffalo. He's not a speed guy. Um, so, uh, I just, again, with the matchup being what it is, uh, I would not have a ton of confidence, uh, playing Alshon Jeffrey. He's more of a, you know, it kind of have been a wide receiver three. I would downgrade him to wide receiver four range. Um, yeah, not feeling it for Alshon Jeffrey either. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, Buffalo's got one heck of a defense and uh um but philly needs this win badly <laughs> and we've we went back and forth on who you know because we do a weekly pick them and right. uh i man there's games you know where this team yeah they they should win like it's don't think about it don't overthink about it but then you look at the other side and like man they really need this win there's, there's games every year, and you know, at this time of the year and late in the season, where the team that needs the win more than the other team, they find a way. And Philly is just reeling right now, and this is one of those games. Like I think we talked about earlier this year with Minnesota. Like they either get it yeah. going right, or the, I mean, look how bad Minnesota looked just a month ago. Right, Minnesota was just Kirk Cousins was god awful, and then the last yeah. four games, Kirk Cousins looks like he's storming his way to an MVP type of season and just yeah. unbelievable. But I mean, this is, this is that game for Philly here, I think. And either they're, they're going to fall short and the season's going to start to crumble. I mean, with all the um, Orlando Scandrick talk with all the Malcolm Jenkins feud deals there, um, all the locker room problems they're having, you know, is, is Wentz a, a leader? Is he not a leader? You know, I mean, Howie, the the GM Howie, uh, with with his comments and whatnot, but uh, man, this is a make or break game for Philly, and uh, I, 
the wheels may actually fall off this time instead of pulling a full Minnesota Viking and, and yeah. turning it around. Yeah, and you're right. That's a very good, you know, comparison because Minnesota was in a very similar situation and they rallied and they have been on a tear since then. And Philadelphia is in that exact same spot. And honestly, you know, and I didn't feel great about Minnesota back then either. And I was wrong about that. So maybe I'll be wrong about the Eagles. But there is just a whole lot of locker room drama coming out of Philly right now. And I I feel like the Eagles in this moment are more likely to crumble uh, than they are to rally. We're going to see. Sunday is a big game for them. Um, but I think yeah, they... I mean, obviously they're not as hungry as Philly. Um, yeah. Because Philly's coming off Super Bowl you know, championship a couple years ago. So their, their belly's kind of half full right now. I mean, and they're still eating on that. So uh, but Minnesota was way hungrier and more motivated to get that thing going in the right direction and um, possibly a little bit better leadership, better, you know, from the upper management there. But um, moving on here to my fades for this week. Um, one of my fades is Derek Henry, like we talked about. Tampa Bay is only allowing 68 yards a game on the ground. I mean, just absolutely nothing. They're shutting the running game down. Their run defense has been fantastic. And, okay, so and, and this is why a lot of times you don't look at stats because stats can be misleading, like the Patriots defense. Yes, they are god. I mean, they're godly right now. They're just – they look like – I mean, they're the MVP of the season in fantasy right now. <laughs> but you look at who they played, and it's just – you know, backup quarterback here, backup quarterback there, and it's just a bunch of nobodies. Mm-hmm. Over the next six weeks, they're going to actually start playing a little bit better quarterbacks. So we'll see how they maybe it evens out a little bit here. But to back this point up with this, um, Tampa Bay has played some damn good running backs, some some top of the top here. Their last four games, let me let me randle this off for you. Carolina, they have a pretty good running back, right? I think you heard of him. I think they do. Christian, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> twenty-two carries in that game for a big old whopping thirty-one yards. They totally like his fantasy day was saved by touchdowns because he was not productive uh, on a per play basis at all. Yeah, and in New Orleans Saints, they have a really good running back, Alvin Kamara, sixteen rushes for sixty-two yards. Um, the New uh, the the Los Angeles Rams, Todd Gurley. Um, he had a good day because he had two touchdowns, but they didn't run the ball a whole lot in that game. And in the, the game that Camp Bay scored like 50 points, but Todd Gurley, five carries, 16 yards. Yeah. He did have the two touchdowns, though. But um, the New York Giants, they have a really good running back, too, I've heard. Saquon <laughs> Barkley, a big whopping eight carries for 10 yards. So not only is Camp Bay shutting down the run game, they are shutting down the top of the top in the run game. Right. And Derrick Henry is nowhere near the talent level of these guys. And I mean, honestly, you can go really bold here and, and sometimes, you know, don't get cute, but I think you could get cute here and, and find a way to bench Derrick Henry um, this week just because of the track record here in the Tampa Bay uh, rush defense. The, the only, the only thing, the only thing you're hoping for, because we, it's almost a virtual lock that Derrick Henry is not going to be effective on a per touch. You know, he's not going to be able to, there's not going to be any chunk plays there for him. The only hope that you have in starting Henry Henry, Derrick Henry, and there is, there is some hope 
because we would expect, and we've already talked about this a little bit, that the passing game is going to be effective. Because if you look at if you look at Tampa Bay's defense, you know, from an efficiency standpoint, they have the best run defense in football, but their pass defense their pass defense is in the bottom third of the league. Um, so their pass defense has not been good. So you're hoping that Anahill is effective in the pass game, which we would expect, and that Derrick Henry gets a goal line score. That's, that's your only hope. And there is a little bit of, you know, there's a fairly solid chance that that could happen because um, of the effectiveness in the pass game, but that is the only hope there for Derrick Henry in this game. Yeah, that's the other point I was going to bring up. Like, Tampa Bay gives up, you know, our yards to the air. And some of that's the running back too, but Derrick Henry's not that guy. Derrick Henry's your he's your typical nineteen ninety five Emmett Smith. I'm gonna run the ball twenty five times a game. He's not that never catch a ball ever. Literally never. And uh, so any chance that Derrick Henry had to score, you know, to score any points in this game, it's gonna be a goal line plunge or a five yard run. It's not gonna be a an eighty yard goner, you know. Right. Which, as soon as I said that, he's probably going to do that now. He's going to go full last year Thursday night football, 99-yard monster beast mode run and it was do something abnormal. <laughs> but, I mean, a total <clears throat> opportunity here to find a different route, um, a different player, um, and maybe – I mean, like you said, I mean, he's almost a, a dart throw, but – you can you can't consider him a dart throw since you've been starting him every week this every you know right every week this year but definitely not even going to be close to what his output is you know i mean Todd Gurley did have five rushes in that game for 16 yards but he did get two touchdowns so he had a very solid day and he had a lot in the air that day but you know obviously Derrick Henry's no Todd Gurley yeah but, no, just real real quick before we finish up the last one the other running backs we've talked about in this game Chase Edmonds and Ty Johnson I think that's the easy move there. You put you put both those guys in over Derrick Henry. Oh yeah, that's an easy. You know, un, don't even. That's an easy pivot right there. Yeah, somebody else to, to consider. You know, if you, if you somehow got Chase or or Ty Johnson, yeah, easy. I mean, I, am I if I'm in that situation, definite definite call there. You're not even 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 worried about it. Oh, that's an easy call. Yeah. Um. So, my other uh, fade this week is another running back, and um, I'm full on bench. Sit him in the bench until they figure out what they're doing in Cincinnati. Um, Joe Mixon finds his name on our list again, and it's full-on see you later mode. Um, just a complete mess <clears throat> in Cincinnati. The O-line is garbage. Uh, the team's hot garbage. Um, they're playing from behind a lot, and Joe Mixon is just, I mean, just not even relevant anymore for, you know, right now. So just – Bench Joe Mixon and uh, find other options like what we just talked about, uh, Chase Edmonds, Ty Johnson, literally anybody else. Because his week was saved last um, last week by a you know a one yard or a two yard touchdown catch. Other than that, his day was a complete goose egg. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it <clears throat> shouldn't be anywhere near your lineup. He hasn't done anything. The only thing, like you said, the only thing he did last score touchdown. Other than that. It's a complete nothing. Um, yeah. See you later, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into something this week. Um, like Dan said in the intro, um, it's it's trade season. Trade season is upon us. You got a couple uh, – what is it, week 10, week 9? When's the deadline? Uh, it depends. I, you know, I think in the Arrowhead League, it's 
uh, week uh, right after week eleven, I think it is actually really that deep. Wow. Yeah, but you know, the other leagues that we're in, I think it is after week nine. So it's in a lot of leagues, it's probably coming up pretty quick. Yeah. So regardless, I mean, it's it, now's the time to start maybe putting your feelers out there, trying to make some deals. Um, we're gonna go over. We're gonna go each position here. We've each picked out one person. Uh, one player here that we would like to acquire um, via trade somehow, however you can do it. Um, you know, obviously don't hurt yourself, hurt your team overall, but if you have opportunity to try to get this player, um, we definitely like that situation. So I'm going to let you start, Dan, and we're going to start with the quarterbacks. We'll hit the running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and then uh, we'll end the show with our highest scoring player. But first, we're going to start with quarterbacks. You should – or a quarterback you should trade for. And, uh, Dan, who you got? Yeah, so, you know, I know that it's not always pretty. Um, and and I, before before we go any further, I want to say um, that trading, uh, for one, is hard. Uh, and two, is almost more dependent on the context of the team in that, um, you know, it depends so much on what you have, what they have, and you're never really going to work a trade that doesn't work for both teams. So when you're going out there and you're looking for something to trade, uh, you know, it may be a fair deal, but if it doesn't improve the other team's starting lineup, they're probably not going to take it. You know, by all means, throw it out there. Uh, you know, I've, we, I'm always one to throw a trade offer out there and some of them stick, <laughs> but you know, that's a big factor. And so to get into this, uh, my trade target at quarterback, uh, James Winston. And, you know, a lot of that I think to do with, you know, they, they don't have, there's no Ryan Fitzpatrick this, this year. Uh, they're going to go. And that's basically what it's going to be. And, you know, I think you might have an opportunity to get him after this week. Uh, Tennessee has been pretty good uh, against the pass. But then especially – and then, then they then they have Seattle, and so you know at Seattle that's not great. But also they have given up a fair amount of points uh, to the quarterback. But then Arizona, New Orleans, who has been past funnel, uh, that you know they've been beatable a little passing game. Atlanta's a fantastic matchup. Jacksonville isn't great, um, but then you know and then uh, Indy, which is kind of middle of the road. Detroit has given up a fair amount of points to to quarterbacks. And then weeks that Houston, uh, they've been giving up a lot of fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, I'm signing in here, and I'll, I'll pull up the exact numbers. But uh, that's one of the main reasons why I like James Winston um, is that the schedule after this week they got a, a, a kind of a rough matchup. But then after that schedule, especially when one of the themes that I'm looking at here on a lot of my picks is the fantasy playoffs. Um, you know, his schedule is going to be pretty good. And like I said, they don't have anyone else there. That's going to be what it is. And I think that um, he's already been a QB1. I know he had a really bad outing uh, in, in London. Yeah, the one week I decided to start him. I picked him up to start him and play him because I had Josh Allen. And he <laughs> poops on my lineup. Appreciate that. <laughs> like he's dropping 40 burgers every week. And then he's like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and go full – uh, Joe Flacco and have six turnovers in a game. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think that's the other thing is that I don't know how effective he's going to be in, in this one. And so I think that maybe opens up an opportunity for you to go out and get James Winston a little bit on. The, uh, but I think we'll be a solid QB one down the street. Yeah, I um, I have him in the Arrowhead League. Um, and I'm not playing him this week because I'm playing him this other guy that I'm about to talk about. Um, but, uh, I mean, Bruce Arians, he's, he's kind of – I mean, I don't know if he's fixed James Winston, but he's – He's trying to, and uh, they're getting there, so it's going to take some time. And he's shown – he started off real bad, and he hit this huge spike um, and was good for a couple weeks. And then, like you said, the London game kind of brought everything down. And now they got their bye week, and they got a good, juicy matchup this week. So, um, we'll, we'll see how he performs. Um, but uh, a, a quarterback I am trying to trade for and acquire – is uh, Josh Allen. I know right now he's he's um, in the Arrowhead League that we're in. He's quarterback 19, which is not you know not what you want, but like what you said, you, you look at the upcoming schedule, and um, I think with these games, these matchups, he's going to end up as a top 12 quarterback. I mean, you talk about Philly, Washington, Cleveland, Miami. I mean, that's a good matchup there. Um, Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and New England. You know, the Super Bowl week is New England, so that's going to be kind of rough. But um, still, I think in the next six games there with those matchups, um, there's a lot for Josh Allen to go get, and uh, which will pro- propel him up into the top 12. And I think that's where he's going to end up with the rest of the year. So, uh, And another upside of this is, you know, obviously that Buffalo defense is really good, and they're giving him a lot more opportunities here. Um, so a lot more opportunities on offense is more points, uh, more points, more touchdowns. That's good for fantasy owners. Um, so, um, a lot is looking up for Josh Allen and, you know, and a great trade target because he's, I mean, yeah, he's Josh Allen. He doesn't sound sexy. He's not, you know, a top five name, but look what he did at the end of last year. He was unbelievable at the end of last year. And I think he's got the, he's shown the ability to go on runs like that. So. Um, I think he's got another running name this week or in the next six weeks here and then into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I, I like both of these. Both of these, you've got a little bit of a chance here uh, that without paying a, a big, big premium to get the quarterback. And, you know, maybe if you have, you know, a solid RB4 or a solid, you know, wide receiver or five, look for a team that, you know, if the team needs one of those spots, you could flip, you could upgrade your quarterback. So I, I think both of those are solid calls. So to the running back, I, cu- I couldn't really decide. I've got kind of two guys here. Um, and the one I'll spend time on is Josh Jacobs. And he has scored quite a few points uh, up to this point. So you may have to pay up for him, uh, which is why I, I couldn't decide really what I wanted to do here. But Josh Jacobs has a chance – to me, if maybe you can give up, you're probably up a little bit for him, but has a chance to be a top 10 fantasy running back for the rest of the year. Um, if you look at his schedule, he's had a matchup the rest of the year. Uh, they got Houston this week, middle of the road in fantasy points. They got Detroit, third most fantasy points. Back. Then they got the Chargers, who has been at 12th. Cincinnati is the worst. Uh, the first, you know, the most fancy points, the Jets, fourth most, the Chiefs, 
10th most. Uh, Tennessee, middle of the road. Jacksonville, who has been not good against the run, much better against the pass, and then the Chargers again. Um, so I think if if the situation aligns for you, they pay up. Maybe you could get Josh Jacobs. at If you can get Josh Jacobs at an RB2 kind of price, I would jump at that opportunity because I think he's an RB1 uh, for the rest of the year. The other one just mentioned here really uh, is Adrian Peterson, and um, I think you could get him a lot cheaper. But uh, you know, and the, their their team is terrible. Obviously, we know that, um, and they've got Buffalo next week, and then a bye, so that's not great. <clears throat> but he does quite a few pretty solid matchups against teams that aren't great. You know, they got the Jets, uh, and then the Giants there late in the year, uh, so. Um, Adrian Peterson is another one I think maybe you can get a little bit on the cheap that I think is going to have productive games down the stretch as well. Yeah, I mean, going to going to Josh Jacobs real quick. Um, I think you know, and, and a lot of these guys in our in our list here, or are guys that you know are obtainable. Like we don't have you know, obviously, yeah, trade for Christian McCaffrey, yeah, obviously, but no one's going to trade him, so. Um, these are guys that you can acquire, and I think you can get Josh Jacobs. It's like you said; it's, it's going to be a pretty hefty price. Um, you're probably going to be have to give up more than you're really willing to. But um, he, depending on the other team that you're trying to get him from, is he's definitely I think um, um, obtainable. But I think you're probably going to have to pay a hefty price. Um, so, and, and and Adrian Peterson may be a cheaper option for you, right? Um, but get not the same output, but similar. If you're looking for um, an RB three, four situation, depending on how your league is set up. Um, so uh, yeah, both good calls. Um, uh, running back that I am trying to acquire is Royce Freeman. Um, hey, I'll trade. Double... What's that? I'll trade him to you. <laughs> I know you're trying to, <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, He's had double-digit carries in every game this year except one. Um, and I want you to trade for him now because that breakout game is coming. And I want him to be on your team when that game does come because um, he's had solid days every week, um, but he hasn't had that uh, Chase Edmonds type game from that we've seen a week ago. He hasn't had that game. And I think he has that potential because – um, uh, Manuel Sanders is gone. Uh, Denver's running out of options here, and Philip Lindsay has looked really good. Surprisingly, I mean, I, it's not surprisingly, but um, he's looked really good. And Royce Freeman's still getting his. Like, uh-huh. I mean, this is kind of supporting two running backs here. And I also want you to get Royce Freeman because um, Philip Lindsay can't go 16 games. Um, I don't. Uh, if he does go 16 games, I'll be shocked. Um, didn't last year, so you know. yeah, and I just small running backs like that just can't go 16 games. Royce Freeman's a big old guy, so he can carry that load. And I want him to be on your team for the game that Philip Lindsay's out because Royce Freeman's gonna he's gonna if that's a good matchup that week and it's just Royce Freeman in the backfield, he's gonna eat it up. And uh, that breakout game will happen that week. And uh, you know, like I said earlier, you can't get the big name running backs, you gotta go and kind of 
look deep, dive through the dumpster a little bit here, and um, you're gonna if you go and get Royce Freeman, you you know hopefully I mean depending on your team what you need what they need, like Dan said, um, I think Royce Freeman could be a a legit option here, and you know dare I say a league winner? Dare I say it? But um, I think he could be. You know, you know, every year these these running backs that come out of nowhere. Um, but I think Royce Freeman could be that guy that's just, uh, for you. Well, you know, I, I don't – I can definitely see where you're going there. We're not really on the – there because I shopped him all week long. I think that I have him. Find any takers. Um, I got him on my team. Hopefully it pans out. He does have – if you're looking forward into the fantasy playoffs – he has a pretty good fancy playoff schedule. You know, at Houston is a mid mid range matchup, but then Kansas City and Detroit, two of the worst rush defenses right now, at least for fantasy points. Um, so there's some late season ups. Uh, Royce Freeman. Um, so yeah, some several good targets there for you. That position, and then uh, on to Wilder, a guy for me. That, that I've already talked about a little bit. Uh, my receiver target uh, for trades is Corey Davis. Uh, and I feel like Corey Davis has been unlocked with Ryan Tannehill. We're finally getting to see, um, you know, the effectiveness uh, that Corey Davis show because uh, I think he's a good player. And then what I really like about Corey Davis is the schedule and specifically in the playoffs first – this week, Tampa Bay, fantastic matchup. Next week, um, Carolina, not so great. Um, they've actually have given up a few fancy points to receivers, but James Bradbury is pretty much a lot. But then, you know, if we move forward into the fantasy playoff, the fantasy playoff schedule is fantastic. Oakland, who's given up the fifth most fancy points in PPR leagues to receivers. Houston, who's given up the third most. And then New Orleans, which we talked about, they've been totally pass funnel. They've run defense, but they have been a little bit in the passing game. Um, so, uh, Corey Davis uh, at the receiver position, I feel like could be that guy that could be a league winner at the receiver position, a guy that goes on a massive tear in the fantasy playoffs. You know, there seems like every year there's some of those guys. Uh, I think Corey Davis is someone, he did have a really good week last week, but I still think you wouldn't have to pay a real big premium to get him. And, and I would do that, you know, um, Either either do it now or wait until after Carolina. When you know it's not as good of a good of a week for him. Um, but you know, here within the next few weeks before the deadline, whenever your deadline is, Davis is a great target. I think at the receiver position. Yeah, and I mean, just like we talked about earlier, Tannehill there, uh, Corey Davis values obviously gone up. Um, we'll see how it does this week. See if that can sustain. Um, but obviously, we all knew. I mean, Tannehill's more of a thrower than Mariota, so you know the the receivers there are going to benefit. And uh, Corey Davis has already benefited off that in Game One of Tannehill. So, yeah. um, and like you said, if you can get him, you can, you're probably going to get him pretty cheap, um, unless the other guy is a Tennessee Titan diehard. Um, so <laughs> you maybe will get him at a, at a fairly good value and. Uh, and, you know, try to maybe ride this wave with Tannehill at quarterback. Yeah. So my wide receiver trade target is was also San Francisco's wide receiver trade target. Um, and 
they got Emmanuel Sanders, and he is on my list here for um, the second time today. So, but um, man, I just I feel really good about this um, for whatever the reason may be. Um, a lot of opportunity here. Um, I just I know, like you said, San Francisco runs the ball a lot, but um, they needed somebody like this. I mean, somebody other than George Kittle to throw the ball to and be consistently um, open, be available, um, be able to produce and put up numbers. <clears throat> another thing, another thing that I like about San Francisco and and Manuel Sanders is they play Arizona twice within a three week span. So uh, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and also a fun fact about Emmanuel Sanders, he could play all 17 weeks this year. Pretty bizarre. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. That's a nice little tidbit there. You're absolutely right. That's uh, that's actually a nice little boost. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to have a bye week at all. Like even if you were, I mean, if you were Emmanuel Sanders or you already traded for him or whatever, you're he's never gonna barring an injury, he's not gonna miss a week. So, uh, pretty good deal for a uh, uh, you know fantasy wise there. Um, yeah, you know the schedule actually again that's a big theme for me in a lot of these uh, trade targets. It's actually, you know, specifically fantasy playoffs, it's pretty solid. Um, and but I've just been sitting here trying to figure out why I don't feel fantastic about Emmanuel Sanders. And I feel like I've just now figured it out. Uh, and it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, <laughs> hey, I wish you were a Jimmy G. You're a Jimmy G fanatic. <laughs> I have been. Uh, but this. You know, think, he's, he's only got seven touchdowns in six games. I think the tide has turned. I don't think he's good. I think he's actually not good. I mean, I think he's okay. But I don't think he's. He's not a franchise, you know, Super Bowl winner type of. He's just a he's just a guy, um, and so it, I just don't think that I can't get excited about that passing game early. Uh, George Kittle uh, is you know has been great, but he hasn't been as as productive from a fantasy standpoint this year as he was last year uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play. Coincidentally, um, and so you know, I, there's a lot of reasons about Emmanuel Sanders for me specifically I, I I'm not really over the moon uh for him um and you know it is what it is I could definitely I could be wrong there but didn't did um was it two three years ago when Jimmy filled in for the first four games for Tom um didn't they go like three and one I mean I know it's the Patriots but he's, he's I wonder how, talking. I can't remember how good he actually performed in those games though with like maybe legit receivers at that time. Uh, well, actually, it's <clears throat> mentioned it because I do have. Let's see, in twenty, it must have been twenty fourteen that happened. Maybe yeah, no, I mean, it's been a while ago. Twenty sixteen, I think it was. No, hold on, I'm sorry. Yeah, twenty sixteen. Uh, he was okay. He had four touchdowns. Um, let's see. His yards per attempt actually were really good. His net yard, his net yards per attempt were was uh, eight point six, just under eight point six. So yeah, he did pretty good. But that's actually, if you're looking at sheer numbers, that's the best he's been in his career. Was that stretch yeah. right there? Um. So yeah. Anyway, I, you know, I'm not always right. Obviously, if you've listened to this show, clearly I'm wrong. <laughs> but I have. I just am not 
able to get super excited about Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so uh, last here at trade targets, uh, we got to do the tight ends. And this one was tough for me. Um, but the one that I like that I think you could get without having to pay a ton is Greg Olson. And uh, again, a lot of that goes back to the scaling. I think there's a lot of good matchups there still on the table for him. Uh, last week so you don't have that to worry about with him the matchup this week is not good so I think you could pounce a little bit if he has a bad game again and the other thing is you know he hasn't been overly productive that's kind of coincided with Cam Newton going out and so there's some upside there I think he comes back Cam Newton is healthy Cam Newton has thrown the ball a lot to Greg Olson and so I think Newton does come back. That's a boost, actually, to Olsen. Uh, I would say Olsen, or Newton comes back as probably a downgrade to guys like Curtis Samuel, who's been really productive with uh, Kyle Allen, um, and then a boost to uh, – a negative for Samuel and a boost to Olsen. So I think there's a potential there if, when, if Newton does get back in there that that's a boost to Olsen, and, and um, the matchups there, especially in the fantasy playoffs, are pretty good. Um, so, uh, that would be, if you really need a tight end and you got something that you can move to get a tight end, you know, without, you know, obviously, yeah, hey, go out and get Austin Hooper, but no one's trading. Um, so, uh, Greg Olson would be the one that I would look at, uh, seeing if you could go get. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have one of these top guys, you know, I mean, a lot of us are really playing tight end roulette. So, um, if you, if the guy's got Greg Olson and somebody else that, that they've been rotating in and out um, and, and Greg Olson's available. It's uh, a solid option because when Cam's back, he's going to be targeting Greg Olson a lot. So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's his, that's his man. That's his go-to kind of. Yeah. Um, so uh, when Cam's back and he will be the starter when he gets back, there's no quarterback controversy. It's um, Kyle Allen's playing out of his shoes. So, um, so when Cam's back, um, Greg Olson will be one of his targets. Um, a tight end for me, um, kind of going up the shelf here a little bit. He may be tough to get, um, but if you can get him for the right price, go ahead and do it. Um, because maybe a lot of Zach Ertz um, owners are a little bit scared right now because of the production of Dallas Goddard and the lack there of production from Zach Ertz, which he's not really terrible. I mean, he's um, top six right now, so it's not bad. But where he's not living up to that um, third round draft selection, you know. Um, so you may have some disgruntled um, Zach Ertz owners, and you should take advantage of that because he's only got one score on the season, and uh, I know Philly has a rest schedule. But I think they're going to be passing the ball a lot. So um, over here in the next four or five weeks, uh, you should definitely try to go get Zach Ertz because I think the the touchdowns are going to be coming. And uh, Philly's, you know, like we talked about, they're probably going to be trying to chase their identity. And uh, when you need solid games, you go to your superstars. And, you know, Zach Ertz is, is definitely one of those guys. Yeah, and I think really – you, you know, put out, put out and see if it 
good or not good the Zach Ertz owner feels because, uh, yeah, production the last couple of weeks hasn't been great. But we know, I feel like you know, we kind of know who Zach is. He's a great um, the one criticism that we've seen from Philly, Philly offense is that Carson Wentz throws the ball too much to Zach. So I feel like if you know, Carson Wentz is acting to a corner and he's you know, need a win, he's Zach Ertz. Um, so, you know, right now might be a really good time. You can go out and see if maybe the price is lowered a little bit on a guy like Zach Ertz. And he, like you said, one down, the touchdowns are coming. He's probably out of it in the run for a double digit touchdown year, but you know, six touchdowns, he could have six touchdowns and that would be five touchdowns here over the next, you know, eight games. So that's a pretty <laughs> touchdown rate. Yeah, there's still plenty of upside there for Zach Ertz. Go out there and see if maybe the owner is a little bit leery, a little discount. Maybe you can snag him at a little bit of a discount right now. Yeah, I mean, he may be tough to get, like I said, but uh, I think if you can weasel your way into a deal and not hamper your team too much and get um, uh, a set and forget tight end, because, I, I mean, over the next month or so, I think you're going to reap some of the rewards of, of a struggling Philly offense to try to find their identity because they're going to, and then, you know, when you're, when you're trying to look for your identity, you go back to what you've always been good at and, yep. and they were good at getting the ball to Zach Ertz. And I think Philly's going to do that. And um, if you can get him, it'll be good for you. So that does it for that little segment that we had there. I think that was really good. Um, several trade targets there. And like I said, a lot of it was about team context. Um, but the, a lot of these guys are going to be on teams that maybe you know, they have some, some extra pieces there. You have some extra pieces and things to work out. Those are some targets for you to help you improve your starting lineup as we go we'll get into the stretch run here. Um, and we, so we will wrap it up, as we always do, with our picks for the high-scoring player of the week. Um, and I've talked about uh, this a little bit with my Kenny Stills pick. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. Um, I think he has a monster game uh, because uh, I don't expect that uh, Houston's going to be able to run the ball, you know, effectively. I'm not saying Carlos Hyde couldn't have a touchdown, uh, but uh, I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a field day against the Raiders uh, and, uh, you know, a, a easy – probably the overall QB one this week uh, is, is Deshaun Watson for me. Yeah, well, I hope my guy outscores your quarterback. So, because I got <laughs> Russell Wilson, um, I think he could be quarterback one. But, um, you know, we'll see how that game plays out. I mean, maybe it's Chris Carson day, but um, Russell Wilson, like we said earlier in the show, the most red zone red zone targets as a, as a quarterback. Um, DK, I think, is going to have a good day. Um, Atlanta's defense is atrocious, and Dan Quinn's. Got his resume loaded up, ready to go. Um, so, uh, and Russell Wilson's gonna send him uh, on his way with a parting gift and and drop some uh, some touchdowns. And, and Seattle's gonna run away with that game. So that's my highest scoring player um, projection, Russell Wilson. There we go. And so that will do it for this week. As we always do, I will get uh, get our pick for you and um, definitely if you have any uh, lineup questions or even trade questions we had a little piece on that this week definitely hit us up 
Dan and Joe Fantasy Show on Facebook and Twitter.